This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. The magic button. <laughs> Here we are. It says live, but it's not live. It's just recording. I don't know why they do. There's like really small stuff with StreamYard that I wish they'd, they'd tweak. Right. I mean, like, sometimes we have people on and they see the live thing at the top. And they're like, wait, this is live? And it's like, no, no, no. It's not <laughs> it actually isn't. Um, yeah. But been a while uh this is thp episode 182 uh which is brought to you by blackboxcages.com check them out facebook instagram um we need to plan our, our trek up that direction yeah um is our stuff ready already uh i think so oh. almost yeah i know it's got to be getting close so but yeah man i was talking to jen the other day um, asking her when we should head up there and she's like February sometime so we'll have to map that out and then um, yeah so it's kind of funny there's someone was asking about cage recommendations and stuff yesterday and I was like oh get on the black box train and someone piped up and was like oh at those prices no thanks I'd rather wait for my AP than spend those kinds of prices and then you look it up and the same size cage is like fifty dollars more yeah and it's they use higher quality pvc and just the whole thing i was like whatever man like i wasn't gonna like argue with the guy or anything right. i was like teach their own but i just thought it was funny because it's like people think it's way more expensive but you price compare the same size cage from them to black box and there's like the difference when you're spending that kind of money anyways is kind of minimal. Right. So it's one thing if you're buying 50 <clears throat> freaking cages, but if you're only buying one to five, I mean, it's well, my the, it's sort minimal. of the funny thing that I thought, and it was sort of a, a half joke is like, by the time you get that cage, the animal you bought it for will have already outgrown it. Yeah. And so it'll show up <laughs> yeah. and it'll be like, Oh wait, this is too small. And what are you going to do? Like order another one and wait another year. year? Like, yeah. It just, I saw some people commenting that somebody ordered it in like June of 21, got it Christmas of 22. Like, I was like, dude, what? what? I mean, hey, if you're okay with waiting indefinitely, that's whatever. Go that's, for it. But that's insane, man. If you want your stuff in approximately two weeks, three weeks, which is the current lead time that Black Box has. It's mm-hmm. one of the best. Uh, go check it out. Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. And then uh, if you'd like hot sauce and you like helping out a dude that helps snakes, you need to go check out Steve Snakesuary. Uh, check out his website, stevesnakesuary.com, as well as his Facebook and Instagram. Give him a follow. See all the stuff he's doing. Uh, I think he was doing a school presentation recently, or maybe he was hmm. some sort of event where there was kids hanging out with, you know, one of his boas and some other stuff he's got. So. He does all kinds of events, man. It's awesome. Yeah, but if you get this hot That's sauce, you're helping him continue to do public outreach and, and relocations and all kinds of 
good stuff. And they're cool. Even if you don't like hot sauce, it's still cool little memorabilia, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't know how, like a collectible almost, because it's yeah, put them, all the venomous snakes of Louisiana on it. Yeah, put them up all in your snake room, and pretty much has all the venomous snakes in the southeast. Slap out. a little bit on some some mice when you're feeding. Yeah. If snakes have taste buds or not. Yeah. If you're going, if you're going to feed your alligators some pizza, go ahead and throw some hot sauce on there and finish it off. You know what I'm saying? Crypto can't survive the acidity. Of the hot sauce. <laughs> if you just slap, you just you you baste your your pinkies in some some cottonmouth sauce. Crypto doesn't stand a chance. Just inject, It'll survive inject bleach. all your mice. It'll survive battery acid, but it will not survive. Steve Sanctuary. <laughs> of course, I'm joking for love of God. Don't don't do that. Cover your your feeders in hot sauce. Please feed don't. Them to your snakes. Please don't. It has. I don't. It, I mean, yeah. No, I'm not even gonna say it. It has no effect <laughs> on your whatsoever. Oh boy. <laughs> but uh, this episode, we're joined by our. Buddy Ryan Reed, who is right up the coast in the Charleston area. <clears throat> Would it be Charleston or considered more Somerville? I don't even. Yes, more Somerville, but I always say Charleston. Oh, yeah. It's easier yeah. for everybody to yeah. understand. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, sir. He's, uh, he's been a busy guy. So, yes. As everyone surely, I hope, knows, uh, we currently have the Slate Reed raffle going on right now. It started Monday, I think. No, Sunday night, I think. I started it like a day earlier than I'd planned to, but it's kicked off. There were some black box BioGs up for grabs. I think all the slots on both of those are filled. I checked that today. Um, Both of them are completely filled. There was a $300 voucher uh, with shipping, like included on top of that from Eric Westmoreland at ECW Reptiles. That's completely filled up now. There's a THN like tactical backpack sort of deal that I I made from work. That's almost filled. There's a handful of things that are that are filled up already and plenty of other stuff that is not. So if you've not checked that out, go to our website, herpeticulturenetwork.com, go to our Facebook page or Instagram, grab some slots. Uh, it's been it's been stacking up yeah. quick and the support has been awesome. People have been coming out of the woodwork. Um, yeah, no, it's it was kind of amazing to see all the almost right away, like within mm-hmm. you know a couple hours, there was a ton of slots being filled up, you know, and then just a couple <laughs> days, not even a week into it, it's you know. yeah, because I'm supposed to we're going to draw the winners on the 27th, which is a Monday, um, on the Snakes and Sogies live. So if everything fills up by then, then we'll we'll draw earlier than that, but. <clears throat> currently uh have plenty of time for people to to grab some yeah some chances to win there's 15 slots per item so you have you know a one at 15 chance of at least a one in 15 chance i didn't even put a cap on how many slots you could buy so technically if someone wanted to win a merton's monitor they would just have to buy all those slots and there you go so not gonna happen though because there's already been a couple bids on that so yeah, there's there's a few on that one. Well, I uh, definitely want to thank you guys for doing this. I mean, it's uh, it's really awesome, and uh, thank everyone that uh, is is in support of Slate, you know, and and uh, I really really appreciate 
all that you guys are doing. So, yeah, man, man. of course, everyone that, so, so thank you. Yes. I also have to shout out Reptiles Express because, yeah, the the big Mike uh, is helping out with shipping on all the uh, live stuff. So, awesome. big big help. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah. But we, I mean, we can get it. So, like, you know, we sort of explained it on previous episodes when we were starting it, like getting the sort of the raffle stuff together, and then on the on the website page where we're hosting it. Um, and we're hosting it on the website because with live animals and stuff, we did it on Facebook. I think even if we didn't have some live animals, Facebook would still somehow shut it down because right. we're not getting paid. So we do it on the website because there we are ungovernable and <laughs> we do they can't we touch us. That's right. So it works out. Um, sort of the system I've sort of come up with in terms of setting it up and, and doing it is really non-invasive and works really well. It's easy for me to keep up with. Um, and it just, it, it seems like it's pretty easy for everyone else too, as far as understanding how to do it. So, um, but we did explain a little bit on the page as far as what, uh, you know, why we're, we're doing the raffle and, and, you know, sort of what's going on with slate, but I figured we'd talk a little bit more sort of, so people, I guess, better understand sort of what it is. Cause I had, I had never heard of that particular uh, type muscular dystrophy until you had mentioned it, and I went and did some reading on it. Um, so I mean, if you want to sort yeah. of get that, then yeah, a little bit, sure. <clears throat> yeah, I've been uh, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research. Um, so Slate's condition uh, is Duchenne muscular dystrophy, it's uh, the most common uh, fatal childhood muscular dystrophies. It um, it's an excellent chromosome uh, recessive gene, so or mutation. So it it affects primarily boys. It it can um, you know can affect girls, but very very rare. Um, so his is a um, his is a, is a mutation that's not typical. Um, the the dystrophin gene is the largest gene in, in the human body. Um, it uh, has 79 exons, and most kids have a deletion, uh, and then some have a, an addition to their exons. Uh, he actually has, his is a uh, mutation in the intron. So I like to tell people that exons are like the train cars and then the introns connect the cars together. And so his mutation is actually a letter change in the intron 62. Um, so it's towards the end of the gene and it's literally just instead of a G, it's an A. And mm -hmm. that causes the dystrophin protein uh, that is actually a shock absorber for your muscles. Uh, it it stops it there. So when it goes through, it hits this mutation. It's like, what's going on here? And it doesn't finish the uh, transcript of that uh, protein and uh, it causes the uh, uh, Duchenne. Um, you know, there's a lot of advancements out now, which is great. Um, there's a, hopefully FDA will approve a gene therapy um, in May. And uh, we're all crossing our fingers for that one. That is um, going to be by Sarepta. 
and uh, there's a couple other stuff that's out there. Um, you have uh, like a, a muscle protectant, which is uh, produced by Edgewise Therapeutics. It's called uh, EDG5506, uh, and that's another one that uh, might be good for slate. And uh, there's exon skipping technology. Uh, unfortunately, exon skipping isn't at the degree where it's really um, really sufficient in in expressing dystrophin. Uh, it produces a little bit of dystrophin, but you're you're not seeing much, maybe five percent. The infusions mm -hmm. are once a week and stuff like that. So they're looking at ways to uh, to uh, help with the delivery system. Um, even gene therapy. Uh, yeah, how does that work? Like, what's yeah, so, I, don't, I hear that I've heard it before, like in other people talking about it, you know, and reading articles and stuff, but I don't know that I'm fully understanding. Right. <clears throat> right. So this this is not gene editing. This is going to be gene therapy. So a, a different. So everyone's probably heard of CRISPR. Uh, that's like the new buzzword. Um, CRISPR Cas9 is. Um, and they have different uh, delivery methods. So you, you, I think there's up to CAS-12 right now. But um, CRISPR is a gene editing where it actually goes in and it actually cuts uh, your DNA and it, it replaces it. Now, the thing about gene editing, gene editing is great because you can potentially cure someone of a genetic disease. Gene therapy, it's, it's believed to... Um, give very long lasting results. But what it's doing, it's it's putting in um, genes from a AAV, which is a, um, an AAV is a vector that gets into the body. It's a virus, a viral vector. Okay. They, take, they take all the um, bad stuff out of the virus and it's an adeno-associated virus is, is what it is. And they put in the dystrophin gene. Unfortunately, since the dystrophin gene is the largest gene in the human body, they can't put the full length dystrophin in. So they have to do a truncated form. Um, so it's a shortened form. What they did was they looked at a guy who had um, Becker muscular dystrophy and he was in his sixties, still walking. Guy lived to be in his seventies and they looked at his dystrophin and they saw that half of his dystrophin was, was missing. Um, so they thought, well, if he lasted this long walking, let's let's look at his gene and let's kind of duplicate that. Mm -hmm. And there's different companies that have different um, different mechanisms of that design that they're working on. And they have different companies that are looking at different viral um, vectors to get in the body because the the thing about gene therapy is that once, you're exposed to that that virus. So adeno-associated virus is, is a virus that's, uh, they're all around. There's there's tons of them around. Mm -hmm. uh, but most of the time when you get exposed to them, you don't get sick from them. That's why they're good for um, doing these applications, these yeah. gene therapies. And certain ones target certain areas. <clears throat> so you have uh, the AV, eights, the nines, you know, that target um, the skeletal muscles, cardiac muscles, stuff like that, which wow. is important for kids with Duchenne. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have a, um, if you have a resistance to that, um, so if you have antibodies built up, 
then the gene therapy won't work. Right. And and not only will, won't it work, but you, you actually can uh, you actually can kill someone because your immune response is just going to overload your body, right? <clears throat> so, um, and, and I guess I should back up saying that I am not a doctor. This is all stuff that I researched. So mm-hmm. these, these are all my opinions on, on the, on, from what I researched and, and the stuff that I gathered. So definitely, um, you know, if you have any questions, definitely talk to your uh, neurologist or you know, your doctor about this stuff. Um, but um, so, so what they're working on right now, trying to get non-viral vectors for gene therapy, which would be awesome because mm-hmm. then, they don't have to dose as high and then they can dose more fr- frequently. And so they're working with all kinds of different ones. Um, nanolipids is, is one that they're looking at where it's like a, the fatty lipids that yeah. you put the, the gene into and then it goes in and it dissolves right now. Um, you know, targeting certain areas, it, it's, it's a little bit harder for them to do that with that technology. So um, they're working on that. Um, so right now gene therapy is, isolate's best option um and you know they're, they're thinking that it could last you know could last 10 years could last lifetime they, they don't know they've only been doing this i think uh the first kid that was dosed was um it was four years ago um so so we'll, we'll see if it wanes after a certain period of time but um you know, gene editing with CRISPR, um, Slate would would be good for base editing. So base editing is like CRISPR 2.0. It, it goes in and instead of doing double strand DNA cuts, it actually goes in and nicks the, uh, the DNA and it goes in and, and it repairs that uh, that area. And it changes it back if it was like, like Slate's condition. If it was an A, it'd go back to a G. Um, so there's that. And then there's prime editing as well. And that's kind of like a, I don't know, like a editing software. You know, you go in and, you know, it, it, it can edit out larger um, sections of the gene. So, so that's all well. stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, a lot of people, you know, will poo-poo on, on the uh, gene editing, but I tell you what, man, if it, sent, if it saves my son's life, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> look at, look at. It's easy for people to say that yeah, when they're like not, you're in not the one dealing with it. It's like, that could be the, you know, the, yeah. the thing that, that saves a lot of people, you know, and just. Yeah. And, and this is not, this is not, you know, uh, looking at like, cosmetic you know appearances and stuff like that it's not looking at it doesn't even affect germline um gene editing so germline gene editing where when you change it it will uh pass down to your your offspring it's it stays within this you know the person but um you know i mean look at look at um you know the nuclear technology i mean mm-hmm. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. But, you know, um, I think that overall and the way that um, that the medical field is now there, there's a lot of restrictions on, you know, what you can do, and what you can't do. And uh, I think it's it's just going to be 
um, transformative for the the medical industry. You know, they're gonna. They're. I mean, they're already using um, gene therapy for hemophilia, uh, mm-hmm. for sickle cell anemia. I mean, all the and, and they're looking at cancer, diabetes. Um, you know, different. Uh, macular degeneration, I mean, all kinds of stuff that can really, um, you know, impact kids and, and, and people that are sick from various diseases, especially these genetic diseases. So it just um, blows my mind that they figured out a, that they can, they can replace things like that. Right. And B like, we're going to put it into basically a, a virus and have that deliver it that way. Yeah. Like and to think that it really wasn't even that long ago that that we didn't even know what like a chromosome looked like. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, it's just you think about the span of time, it's almost a blink in the grand scheme of things. Right. Like it's just it. Right, right. What what I always what I always look at is um, it, it's like a road system, right? You got a dirt road, and you're gonna go slow. You pave that dirt road, you're going to go faster. You make it two lanes, you're going to go faster. You make it a highway and everything speeds up. And I think that's where technology is today. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the biggest thing is funding. Yep. You know, trying because there's there's stuff out there. Funding and, you know, just like regulatory issues on, on getting things approved, um, you know, and, and they're that's even getting better. You know, they got orphan status uh, for some drugs. They got uh, fast tracking of drugs now. So the um, the process of these trials is going faster now. So, um, but um, one thing with the um, Edgewise five five zero six that um, that's actually doing trials right now, they the uh, kids have to be on steroids for um, at least six months. So that's where we're waiting uh, to make sure, you know, we, we got to get slate through the six months of steroids. And that's the, that's a bad thing about Duchenne is that um, right now that's the only standard of care, um, you know, for drug wise is corticosteroids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another drug, um, that Malorian that will hopefully be approved um, later on this year, uh, maybe in the fall. And that's a disassociated steroid that um, has a lot of benefits uh, to to take in like the core steroid, but it it has a lot of, um, it, it doesn't have the uh, negative effects, as many negative effects. So the bone fragility you don't have is, is bad. So height, um, when kids are on steroids for long term, they they tend to be a short stature, uh, weight gain, uh, mood swings, mm-hmm. uh, you know the um, you know uh, um, kind of high blood pressure, some some sometimes diabetes, um, you know all, all that kind of stuff can be associated with corticosteroids. So. The, this new this new disassociated drug um, steroid uh, would would be really beneficial because even with gene, gene therapy, it doesn't look like from all the research I've been doing, it doesn't look like there will be a one and done cure right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So the thing is a cocktail of drugs to you know 
keep them keep them living and, and growing and, and moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I'm fine with that. I mean, you look at people that have HIV that, you know, they take medication, they can control, you know, their, their symptoms. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, it wasn't the case 40 years ago. No, no. And cystic, cystic fibrosis, same way. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, that was a death sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know, they have drugs out there that can, uh, that can help them. So, you know, as long as, you know, I, I don't need to hear cure which I would love to hear cure, but I don't right. need to hear that. I just need to hear. He won't ever see a wheelchair. You know, right. he, he'll be able to, you know, live a fairly normal life. He's, he's five now and he's, he's showing some signs. So he can't jump like other kids do. He doesn't run as fast. So he has already has um, uh, that fibrosis in the, in the muscles, the fatty uh, replacement in the muscles. And, you know, he can still walk. So that's good. So he, you know, he won't ever, I don't think, unless they come up with, and there are, there are cell, um, cell therapies and stuff like that, that are, are trying to help like rebuild muscles and stuff like that. Um, there's one cell therapy right now, um, it's called hope i think it's in hope two right now which helps the heart muscle and allows these kids to you know move their arms more than they did before uh which is awesome um that's not approved yet that's still going through the uh, clinical trials but a lot of the data is very positive Um, Hmm. so the one thing that you know for the first month and a half i was just i was just devastated well i mean you know justin you, yeah you know, yeah you of course government. it was just it was it was so bad where it was almost like i would wake up to a nightmare every day yeah right. yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that most people can't even imagine man you know and having to live through it I, i'm I glad mean, to hear it whoops yeah that's my yeah wife. but that's yeah that's horrible man i know like when you were talking about it and you you know you and i were sort of texting back and forth and you know, you still weren't exactly sure what was going on, you know, and I mean, obviously I was hoping that it wasn't going to be that, uh, right. You know, it was, it was, a, we had planned on doing another raffle at some point anyways, cause the last one we did was in May. And so I was like, you know, if we're going to do one, like this is going to be it. You know, right. It's, yeah, it's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, um, you know, he gets the treatments and, and he gets better. Um, there was one gene therapy uh, that came out I think it was last year. Um, it was the most expensive drug uh, at the time. Uh, it was a gene therapy that so it's one shot and it was two point eight million dollars for that Ooh, one treatment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really crazy expensive. And so, you know, we're you know we're applying uh for uh you know medicaid and all that stuff uh for slate and uh you know um parent project muscular dystrophy uh, cure duchenne these organizations are awesome um mm-hmm. they they really uh, are there to support uh you know the people that are affected by duchenne and other muscular dystrophies and uh you know i i think you know that that's a powerful thing you know that advocacy groups working to to try to you know get these drugs available to people um even though they're you know super expensive but you know 
It is. It is what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, you guys are so you went to MUSC, I'm sure at some point, but you mentioned that they did not have a specialist. Is it like a specialist for this type? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So they have neurologists there, but no one that specialized. I mean, Duchenne is, is really a rare disease. I mean, it, it, you know, it affects, you know, they go back and forth between one to 3,600 to one in 5,000 boys um, is generally the, you know, the statistics that they use. So it's, it's a fairly rare disease, um, you know, between, you know, 12 to 20,000 kids in the United States have, uh, have this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the thing that about that is that, you, you know, you're not going to, for a doctor, um, especially one that sees all kinds of conditions, they may see one or two a year, yeah. if that, if, if that. So um, we ended up, uh, MUSE sent us to Prism Healthcare up in uh, Spartanburg, and uh, we saw a doctor there, and she was awesome. She was really good. Um, but she didn't do uh, a lot of tri- uh, clinical trials. Uh, so that is really what we, we what we wanted is is getting into these clinical trials um, mm-hmm. because there's just other than corticosteroids that is the right. only. I mean, even when we went to MUSA, they said take your take your son home, love him, and there's not a whole lot you can do. Give you know get him on steroids. God. So yeah, yeah. So it was it was a devastating blow. So uh, we found a doctor up at Duke. And, um, he's been awesome. I mean, he's been great. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll email him and half an hour later, he'll email me back. You know I mean? He's yeah. just a real, real good guy. And Duke is also, um, through the parent project, muscular dystrophy, uh, Duke is one of the, um, certified Duchenne centers. So okay. when I, yes. So when Sarah and I take slate there, he has to see like a whole slew of of doctors it's not just one doctor mm-hmm. um because it affects his whole body um, right. so you know he's going to see a physical therapist the neurologist the cardiologist pulmonologist you know all all kinds of doctors he'll see so it's a it's a long day process um, sometimes it can be two days um so you know it's one of those one of those things where um you know, we, we wanted to get him to the best place possible. And uh, for us in our location, um, Duke seemed to be the, the best place. Mm-hmm. And how yeah, far, I mean, how far away is Duke from you? So Duke's, you know, it depends on traffic, but uh, I would say around five, five and a half hours, maybe. Yeah, it's oh, wow. like Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So um, we, uh, we just, are getting him signed up because we've been going to Spartanburg. So we just got him signed up. So we haven't done our first visit there yet. Um, that's in March. So um, we're, we plan on going up there and, and uh, you know, staying the night at, at some hotel or whatever, or trying to, you know, do it where it's positive for Slate because he's yeah. going to probably get poked and prodded and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So we want to do something that's going to be fun. So, you know, we got to, you know, maybe, to a children's museum or something the next right. day or something we, you know we want to make it a positive experience for him because mm-hmm. this is going to be his norm 
right for the foreseeable future you know it's hard enough like as an you know an adult or you know even a teenager to deal with this but to be a a small child and not really grasping the situation and understanding i mean that makes it all that much harder man you know yeah going going, going taking a kid to the dentist is hard enough you know but yeah going through all this is especially just, once they they figure out sort of what the what the deal is right it's, right yeah and yeah. At, and at this point slate knows that he he's not like the other kids right because you know he you know i i was talking with him the other day and and uh i was like so buddy how's everything going at school he's like oh good and um you notice anything and and he's like well he goes you know i don't run as fast as the other kids and stuff like that and and i was like well buddy you got special muscles right yeah yeah. so he he knows that kind of stuff and and they kind of help him at school because he can't exercise too much because right. if he overexerts himself then he's just breaking down those muscles even faster yeah oh geez yeah so and unfortunately we live in a tri-level house so you know you go downstairs to the family room you gotta go upstairs to the kitchen you gotta go upstairs to the bedroom so uh my wife and i are trying to carry him as much as we can like hey right. buddy even though he can go up the stairs now we, we try to carry him yeah um, right. and uh and then he also has braces to try to stretch out uh, his, his legs and ligaments because the thing is um, contractures are really bad. Contractures generally uh, cause um, non-ambulatory condition more than um, more than like muscle weakness. Muscle weakness is eventually, you know, the cause, but contractures uh, not being able to get that foot at a 90 degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so we have them on in braces and we ordered some night splints for him, got him size for that. So, uh, he'll be wearing the night splints too and stretching and weekly physical therapy. So he goes to physical therapy every week. Um, and so hopefully that will keep him mobile. Um, right. kids generally lose ambulation by 10, 12, um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to go longer uh, for most of the kids because with all the new, you know, therapies out now, kids are walking longer, the, uh, the drugs. And, and when I talk about corticosteroids, um, not only prednisone, but uh, um, the flazacor is another one that uh, is a corticosteroid that's specifically for Duchenne kids. And um, that's, that's supposed to be really good. Uh, in the long term, um, and then once they once kids become non-ambulatory, steroids are also still recommended because um, it actually helps their heart and their arm functions as well. Right. So, is he in any like daily pain at all or anything like that? So every once in a while, he'll get cramps in his legs. Okay. Mm. okay. Leg cramping. Um, that's that's the the biggest thing he has huge calves a matter of fact i like i went into in the summer before we even knew he had duchenne we went to dick's sporting goods and he's walking around and this lady stops she's like oh my gosh your son's a little bodybuilder his, <laughs> his calves are huge and he just he's just like really solid but what that right. is is that's fat replacing muscle and it's uh, that fibrosis uh, which i mean you 
you feel his leg and it feels rock hard and you think, Oh wait, wait a minute. That's, that feels like muscle. Right. Um, but that's a, um, that's an indication. Um, the, the biggest indication for slate when we took him, and they saw his, you know, he had a Gower sign where if he got down on the ground, when he got up, he didn't just jump right up. He kind of used his hands on his knees and, picked himself up that way some kids are it's more severe they kind of walk their hands up with their feet on the ground with their butt up in the air and then get on their um, hands and or get on their knees and stand up that way Um, so the gower sign is is a is a big indicator and also toe walking can be what i heard when i was reading about it they said Uh, that was one of the sort of the initial signs was yeah walking on the you know tippy toes yeah. And that's, and you got to be careful with, you know, we try to tell him and that's why we have him in the braces to, um, to get him from not walking on his tippy toes, because that's, that can cause the contractures because, you know, your tendons are, are tight back there. And, you know, do they do that just because it's more comfortable They're Yeah. They're trying to keep their balance because their, um, their core around their waist area, their, their core, mm-hmm. um, muscles are weakening. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a balance thing for them. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, and they, you know, site kind of sticks out his, his chest a little bit with his mm-hmm. arms back. Uh, and, you know, we always, we always thought that was cute. We're like, oh, look, he's looking like a little penguin, you know, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's, um, that's an issue there. Um, but the, um, what was I going to say about the, uh, I was going to say something about his, um, oh, the uh, the CK levels. That's, um, we, we had a blood test done on him, and his CK levels are a big indicator. His CK levels, they should be around 80 to under like 300. Is that potassium, potassium? It's a, um, so it's a creatine kinase. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and so his CK levels were 35,000. Holy. Yeah. So, and that, that creatine kinase is, it, it shows muscle damage. It's a, it's a chemical that shows a, a muscle damage. So when, when your muscles breaking down, it's released into your bloodstream and, uh, and his liver enzymes were, were off the charts. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah. So then we had the genetic testing and good thing for technology, technology, probably, maybe 10 years ago, I, maybe 10 years ago, um, might not have, uh, shown that mutation that he has. So it's, it was good that, that we got that done at this time. And, um, they, like, like I said, the, the thing that is, the thing that's paramount is that there becomes some sort of medication that can treat this at the earliest stage. Cause even at five, he's he's probably going to have you know issues uh you know the rest of his life from this uh, unless you know unless they come up with uh you know muscle regenerated technology you know like stem cells that they can inject into your calf muscles or something like that i i'm not sure um but um but right now the way it's looking right now they're trying to get it before a lot of that damage is done um and unfortunately, um, a lot of these gene therapies are for ambulatory patients right now because once you become non-ambulatory, 
um, you know, it's it's harder to correct, um, mm -hmm. you know, issues that that are, are presented. So my whole thing is I'm going to start with slate and then I'm going to once slate's good, I'm, I'm going to keep on going, you know, mm -hmm. keep on going. And until yeah. every kid is is healthy. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, being in, like, putting myself in, in that position, like, I just, I, I can't fully wrap my head around it. You know, I was yeah. just talking to Katie about it the other night and sort of talking to her about the condition in general. And, you know, she started crying because, you know, A, it doesn't take much, especially when we're talking about, you know, our child. And yeah, it's just, that's that's the way I described it when I was talking to Phil was like that is that is a parent's nightmare. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just <laughs> Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, it, can't even put it yeah. into words. No, nah, man. Just, yeah. All I can yeah. say is all of our all of our hearts go out to you and you got nothing but good vibes going out to you, man. Yeah, I've been thinking about you and Slate, you know, every day and thank you. Man. Yeah. But yeah. I know us and a lot of the community are, you know, behind you and only hoping for the best, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's so great. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, I hate that, you know, that, you know, Slate has this condition and it's, it's the, the worst thing in the world. Um, and, you know, the, the, the only positive thing about this is the support from everybody. And it's just, it's overwhelming. And, you know, like you said, Justin, like with your wife crying about, dude, I, I can't, I mean, any commercial on like St. Jude or, I mean, I'm balling, you know, it's just, it's crazy now, you know? So, so I, I support St. Jude. I support, Parent project, much to the district, your I, I mean, I'm like putting all these, uh, you know, dollars to these uh, these advocacy groups because, at the end of the day, they're, you know, they got the biggest voice. Um, right. And uh, and you know, I'm even I'm trying to get up to Washington um, in March to uh, to help with parent project, muscular dystrophy, if I can. Um, just you know, so you know, politicians here that we need funding. Um, and we are, we are, the, we are so close. I mean, the, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, and we just need to, we just need to get there. And right. the, the kids, I mean, they need, they needed this stuff a long time ago. And every, every minute of the day, their muscles are breaking down. You know, um, it's just, we we need something something soon sooner than later that's for sure um yeah man yeah yeah but uh but yeah i i really am positive um now about the future and you know i i like talking with the community uh, but sometimes you know that becomes overwhelming because a lot of the a lot of times oh, yeah. you'll talk with someone that's been through all the stuff and you know like okay well get ready this is this is what's gonna you know the steps I'm like no no it, it, this is 2023 <laughs> you know right um that that doesn't have to be you know what's gonna happen from now forward mm -hmm. um 
So, and, and like I said, with, with some of these technologies, um, with this uh, HOPE2 trial with the stem cell, you know, these kids that are non-ambulatory right now, there's a lot of hope for them as well. You know, kids are living longer. You know, um, I was actually talking with someone yesterday and she, uh, she had a cousin who had three boys um, in the 80s and all three of them had Duchenne. And two of them passed away at 18 and one lived to be 28. Uh, Wow. But but nowadays, you know, kids are living into their 30s and some are into their 40s. And some I think there is one guy he lived into his 50s, you know, so um, standard care is changing. Uh, The drug companies are, are working hard and a lot of these drug companies are actually starting to work together. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you want to be the first to come out with something, but I think people are realizing, Hey, we need it. We need to work as a community to mm-hmm. get the, the job done. You know? Yeah. There's power in numbers, man. You know, this yeah. isn't one of those, you know, like, yeah, everybody wants to do something first, but at the end of the day, like this isn't like, this is a need. And it's right. not, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not like we need it in five, six, seven years. We need it now. Right. You know, it's not, this isn't a joke. Like it's serious. There's power in numbers. Like it, it's, I would sure would hope they're banding together to make this happen sooner than later, man. You know, it takes, yeah. a, it takes a village. Yep. It does. It does. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I think that's kind of, you know, uh, my, uh, my new calling, I guess, in life. <laughs> hey man, yeah, that's great. yeah, yeah. So, so anyone out there that, uh, that also wants to support, you know, these organizations look into, you know, parent project, muscular dystrophy, look into cure Duchenne. Um, there's, um, cure rare diseases. Uh, there's a, a kid named, uh, Elijah Stacy, uh, destroy Duchenne. If you check his YouTube videos, that kid, I tell you what, man, I I wish I was as motivated and optimistic as him. He is just, he, he's amazing. You know, he's in his 20s. He's a motivational speaker and he uh, he's he's getting things done. You know, he's so so that's good. Good to see, you know, a lot of positivity with these kids. A, a lot of them are like, you know it's crazy a lot of them are like you know it the disease is actually harder on my parents than it is on me and you know and they're in a wheelchair you know and you know can't do a lot of things that other people can do and i'm like wow that's that's, you know that's that's crazy so anyway definitely makes you sort of realize or remember that a very large percentage of the the you know the sort of day-to-day bullshit we deal with is is so inconsequential yeah and yes like problems that may have seemed big at one point now you kind of just they're, they're laughable it's like right. whatever you know exactly you know what it's so funny sad because that's exactly what sarah and i say the little things in life that does not matter anymore no. yep. um just let it go um and uh and another thing I wanted to mention too, um, like with uh, with funding, since it's such a rare disease, uh, even though it's the most common fatal childhood disease, it's still very rare. But and it's an undermet uh, disease because of the rarity. 
But if you look at it, if, and if you look at society, about one in 10 people have some sort of rare disease. Mm-hmm. So if you look at all the different rare diseases, put them all together, about one in 10 people have a rare disease. As a collective, they're not that rare. It's not that rare anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 So. It, did it like, it, I mean, I assume that it, it came from your side. So, like, so you haven't had family history of it or anything like no one else. I don't know what your, if you have any siblings or not, but. Right. So since it's a X-link um, recessive um, chromosome mutation, it's uh, it comes from the, the mother and um, my wife did get tested and, and she did carry the gene, mm-hmm. the mutation. She did carry the mutation. So, wow. um, so yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that's like, that's so, so vital now that people go and get, you know, testing, genetic testing, you know, before that was not, you know, before it was so super expensive. Yeah. Now it's a lot less expensive. Um, and they're really pushing for newborn screenings too, mm-hmm. because if they can determine that the child has Duchenne at birth, then because the child usually doesn't start showing symptoms until, you know, usually about four or five, they start showing stuff. Sometimes they'll, they'll start around two, but those are really, it's, it's kind of hard to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, so most kids don't actually get, um, uh, get diagnosed until about four or five, four, five, six. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you can pick up on that early and get a four to five year head start on it. Then that's a, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a big, <clears throat> exactly. Big, big chunk of time in the grand scheme of, of things. Yeah. That, that could be a difference between like, you know, if, even if it does like you start showing symptoms, you know, that could be a difference of showing it at five versus 15, 18, you know, if you start getting treated at birth, you know, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And with the new with the, the new therapies coming out, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be transformative. It's going to be where, um, you know, these, these kids that are getting diagnosed at birth are going to live a normal life. And, and they're not they might still have to get treatments throughout their lives, but, you know, they're not going to have the same issues. So, yeah, uh, that's that's really um, a positive, positive thing. So, yeah. Well, I know your collection has changed a pretty good bit. Yes, going on. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't even know what you're what you're holding on to anymore. So yeah, I've downsized a lot. Matter of fact, um, someone someone said the other day, like, "Hey Ryan, I I'll come to your house, but uh, I won't stay over there because you got snakes." And I was like, "Actually, I have no snakes anymore." Oh wow! So yeah, so I, I'm actually down to I have beaded lizards i got uh Spila monsters i got um blue tongue uh what else do i got i got uh ciliatus gecko um uh, i got a few tarantulas and i got a ton of frogs still and uh, and then i got a um uh burmese black mountain tortoise oh, nice yeah those are cool yeah yeah he's he's really cool so but yeah um yeah, that's and then tunnel tropical plants because you know kind of fits and, yeah with the frogs yeah. and stuff <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so, yeah. yeah but the okay. uh go ahead, I'm sorry. you go 
I was just going to say, yeah, the, the frogs are really, <laughs> the, the frogs are really the, uh, the, um, the, the most amount of work right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine, man. I, man, I, I see pictures of like, I had a Facebook memory of my imitator Veradero's pop up the other day. And I was like, damn, I miss it. Like I miss Rana Tomea the most. I think like those, were yeah. just, that is such a fun genus of frogs. And eventually I would like to, to get back, into them you know when i have more space and stuff because you know they were just fun like i just the vanzellini i i loved um that was one thing that like i was surprised you got out of because of how into the frogs you were it for was so long like i couldn't believe it when it you finally tough. like pulled the trigger and it got was rid one of those them things where it's like i can Man. keep well, these and enjoy them or i can focus on the the snake stuff that i wanted to focus on and just it was a tough decision same with the brettles you know it's oh, yeah. very similar to that it's like i don't really want to get out of them but it's kind of this or that and yeah but ryan's the what? one that all the frogs went to so. oh, nice. yeah so when you get back into them just let me know because <laughs> i will hook you up because <laughs> yeah they they breathe like crazy so that's great yeah and that was a fun process too was you know, rearing the tadpoles and stuff like those vitatus that I had, like mother of God, the amount of tadpoles and stuff they were cranking out was just unbelievable, which now I almost kind of wish that because I'm planning to breed the rhinos this year. I kind of wish that I had at least held on to like a pair or something. Cause yeah. they loved the, when I had that, that single first baby from Terry that disappeared, it hadn't fully transitioned over to mice yet. And I remember putting, I had some vitatus, tadpoles and so i put like one or two in the water bowl and they were gone in like 10 minutes i went back and checked and they disappeared wow so i was like <laughs> now i'm thinking if i'm breeding those this year and i end up getting eggs and getting babies like that that would have been a nice alternative to to rosy reds and stuff but i don't know yeah it got like it got to the point where i had so many vitatis that i was like i was just wholesaling to underground and triple l because i was like it's a common frog it's not an expensive right. frog and i was like so i have all of these no one's gonna buy 30 Vitatus, you know, froglets, and I just happened to check the websites of, of both Underground and, and Triple L, and they said they were out of stock on both. So I emailed them. I was like, "Hey, you guys, I see you guys don't have any Vitatus. I've got some if you want them," and you know, made them a deal and managed to. I had to. I think I did that twice <clears throat> before I got out of them. But the Rana Tomea, well, if I got back into it, it'd definitely be thumbnails again. Mostly, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I love the the calls and yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's really cool. Those and, and you know, I like the Lukes, man. I, I tell you, those were fun too. Yeah, yeah and, and they're they're a very classic frog, um, and I like them because you know they're they'll eat, but you know they're kind of in between. You know, uh, the amount that they, I mean, some of like. Father babies, man, they'll eat you out of the house, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and even the tinks, man, they they eat you out of the house a lot of times too. I'm making, I make uh, what twelve cultures uh, every two weeks just to wow. just to keep up with, and I mean the you know in the thirty two uh, the thirty two ounce containers, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was one of the reasons that I I kind of decided to that that was the time to sort of move it on as well it was like I was really for whatever reason the last handful of cultures that I had either bought or started just 
really, really struggled. And it was yeah. super frustrating because it was like, I keep having to buy cultures and like, I get them and they just crash. Like, I don't, whether I bought them on eBay from someone else or, you know, if I made them, um, cause for the longest time, like the first, like, I don't know, two years that I had stuff, like I had no issues. Everything was steady and stuff. But for some reason I hit a, I hit a serious speed bump with the, hmm. with the cultures and I don't know exactly what it was, but <clears throat> that was, uh, that was super frustrating. And that was just one of those things where it's like, this is space I need and these cultures are kicking my ass. So maybe it's just time to yeah. transition. Move along. Yeah. 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 There, I use a certain um, formula and I've had pretty good success with the formula that I've used. And, and I use it for Malagasters and Heidi. I, um, I don't, I don't switch it up. Um, and then I also put in um, e pollen, which you know I'm not sure if if that that and paprika, mm-hmm. I, I'll use that too, um, and that seems to you know help out a lot. Um, knock on wood, I haven't had anything anything crash. Um, so. Yeah, I've added cinnamon to mine because that's supposed to help. Yeah, yeah, I've, I put cinnamon in stuff uh, yep. at bay, but. I just, I don't know what it was, man. Like I'd have a culture doing great. And then I'd go in two days later and like, there's nothing in there. Nothing you know, it, yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy because I was, uh, I was actually given some, uh, I got fruit fly flying around right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I gave some cultures to um, one of my buddies who, um, he works at uh, B city and he was having oh, yeah. issues with the culture. Yeah, Chris. So he was having issues with the cultures too. So um, I don't, I'm not sure uh, exactly what was going on. Um, but, but hey, if you uh, you get back into them, I'll, I'll send you a bunch of media. And <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the problem. Is like over at my parents' house right now. There's there's two exoterras in the attic just waiting just waiting uh, waiting to be i know my dad at some point is gonna be like i need you to come get these because we're they're it's my old room and they're about to clean it out because it became a catch-all for a lot of stuff mm-hmm. so right. I, but i i don't know like i i had the luke's and the vanzellini in our bedroom which i thought was awesome especially uh-huh. the vanzellini because i just had it on our on our dresser at the time um you know katie wasn't crazy about it but i think over time she kind of came around but i think it's awesome to have just a small i think the 12 by 12 by 18 xos oh yeah dude just having one of those oh, yeah. around the house like with some some random to man and of, of some degree like it's a it's so light years easier than than like aquaria mm-hmm. in terms of dealing with stuff and like self-sustaining and mm-hmm. and it was you know the, the vitatus tank was in our living room and so that was kind of a conversation piece because people would come over and they'd see and they're like oh what's in here and i'm like oh that's you know in the wild, that's the third most toxic species of dart frog. <laughs> you're going to hear them, but you're not going to see them because right. they call all day long. Uh, but those, I just, I miss having sort of the tanks and, you know, having a quiet house and hearing the calls and stuff. Uh, yeah, dude, that would be my, it was, it was that, really nice. That would be the reason I got into them just to listen, you know, because my, where I grew up, we had a, little quarter acre pond and every time it rained the toads and mm-hmm. bullfrogs and leopard frogs would come out and i would just yeah. crack i would just crack my window at night and just listen to them go crazy man and it was yeah. I, I loved it was my favorite thing about being out there 
those yeah. little imitator veraderos, man, too. Those those things were always out. Oh yeah. You know, the Vanzellini you'd walk in, they'd see and they'd kind of take off, but those those little veraderos did not care and they were No man. Dude, and they're and they're reproducing. Like I'll look in there and I was like, oh, really? Man. Yeah, there's a little guy in there, and then it'd be popping up. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. And I, I kind of let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put in a little bit of you know, I'll put in the little um uh film canister and they they raise them up, man. And and I'll have some I'll have some artificial um vermiliads in there. Mm-hmm. I have some get into some live bromeliads but and i tell you what bromeliads really need a lot of good air movement air movement yeah, I, um, I had one in the vanzellini tank and they were dropping tadpoles and stuff in there all the time yeah yeah was was the uh, bromeliad doing really well for you yeah good, yeah. good. I, re- I didn't yeah. have any issues really with any of the bromeliads i was using um i think it, are... was, it wasn't anything super fancy or exotic i think it was kind of the the bulletproof model um, yeah but i mean watching them use those things naturally was really cool yeah um yeah the vanzellini in particular you know the 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 parental care just that's always been the thing that's fascinated me with with ranatomae in particular and dart frogs i guess in particular but thumbnails specifically is something that small can be that complex socially mm-hmm. and behaviorally because mm-hmm. if you think i mean their brain is likely nothing more than like a ganglia of nerves really like they're so small, but they do these things that you wouldn't expect out of something so tiny. I just, it was really cool. And to watch, you know, the dad have the tadpoles on his back and carrying them and watching watching them both make trips back and forth to Bromeliad and taking care of things. And it was just, it was cool as hell. And it was the same thing. Like you'd get a froglet and I'd go in there and check on things in the mornings or something. And you see a little tiny, tiny Vanzo, you know, yeah. jumping around having to go in there and try and try and catch it so I can separate <laughs> it and yeah. raise it up. Like it's just hmm. that group of frogs is just so damn cool. Yeah. They're all, yeah. they are really neat. So they're, is it, is it the tinks that are the big blue ones? Yeah. 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 Those are my yeah. favorite, man. They're so yeah. cool. Yeah. Are, so the, you are, have, they, are yeah. those big collars? Do they call much? They do. So, so yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's almost like a electrical, sound to it i think it's like a, a low buzz okay yeah w- wouldn't you agree with that justin yeah kind of like, i don't know it's just you you really have to listen to it uh, okay yeah. so it's not something that really it sticks out the the lukes which are the the bumblebees the yeah. yellow and black ones that i had in the bedroom yeah like those harlan explained those great he's like they sound like little little tiny cars trying to start up because it's like yeah <laughs> They would yeah, call like, a good bit, and then there'd be a couple times where, like, we'd turn the lights off to go to bed, and they they'd call for a few minutes, and it was when it's quiet in the house, like it's loud. You know, they're right. not a they're not a necessarily a quiet species, but it just made me laugh because it's like it's it's dark. Like, go to sleep, dude. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, they have that trill. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's they're awesome, man. I, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're they're very hardy too. Mm-hmm you know so uh yeah i'm definitely yeah, i'm definitely partial to the the bigger species you know as far as like the as far as a looker go, as far as looking goes i really like looking at the big ones you know like i don't know why maybe because it's they're easier to see they're bigger but there's something about them man they're so freaking cool yeah yeah the i like i like the large ones um 
I just, uh, I, I like that call. I, I like the whole. Oh yeah. So, so when when I look at a tank, I got this stupid one <laughs> fruit fly going around my face. <laughs> it's just that one. Um, so there's the, and I'm actually in the the frog room right now. So. <laughs> um, the thing that I like is like the the whole the whole picture. You know, I I got the plants, the call, then I'll see them every once in a while. And it's it's really cool because of the thumbnails, you're like, you're looking in there, you're looking a one one tank, I have an imitator in there. And uh I I didn't think that was still there. I, I thought it had died or something because I hadn't seen it for like six months. But I every time I fed, I'd throw some stuff in there. Six months later, she shows up. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and like, I've been looking for you for literally, like, I've even, like, tore through the tank, and I didn't find anything. And then, like, six months later, she's, like, perched on a leaf. Up, yo. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perched on, like, a synapse. Yeah. yeah. The you so had a really nice, nice call. Like, it's loud enough to where you can hear, but it's not so loud that it's, you know, obnoxious. obnoxious and... Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jake, if you want to ever get into any of them, especially t the tinks, they breed like crazy. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. If you like the... Uh, get into tinks, but I never never pulled the trigger on them. I just didn't have the, the space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my I have a lot of Azorius. Um, mm -hmm. So they uh, they breed like crazy. Those are cobalts. Cobalts the big breed. One. Isn't there another bigger species that's like kind of green and black and they're there? It's like barred. So there's the erratus. Um, they're not, they're not really bigger. Um, they're actually more like a, I don't know, medium. So I like the Lukes. Okay. Um, and some of them are, are more shy than others. If you want to get ones that are fairly bold, like the Costa Rican green and blacks are good. Um, you know, some, a lot of times, like if you get, I have, um, the Penny Blancas and, and they're, you know, they're a little more shy. Uh, so some of the different uh, color morphs are, are a lot of times a little bit more shy than, yeah. yeah. So a lot, a lot of the blues and blacks, um, they're, they're going to be more recluse. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. But they're all, they're all cool. They're yeah, all man. Fun. I always loved whenever Justin was keeping I always that was one of the first things I looked at. It was like this little frog tank. Like, where they yeah. at? Yeah. It was super satisfying to set up a tank and then watch it thrive and watch the yeah. plants just explode and like to the point to where it's like, I got to trim this thing because it's just, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's about to bust the doors off the, uh, right. you know, the freaking EXO. But, oh, yeah. Um, well, it, it, and you know, I've actually had some frogs go missing because of that because the plants have grown so much that it would actually push the back of the tank up a little <laughs> and i'm like oh no <laughs> yeah actually the the imitator um that i was telling you about um she was in a, a bigger tank with the other imitator they're just the the greens and uh, she she uh I, I didn't even know she was missing because i have you know a group of them in there and one day I was taking a plant. It was, I think it was in the wintertime. So I had a lot of my tropical plants in the room and I went to water. I picked it up and she had um, gone into the bottom right where the uh, catch pan is, where the water catch pan was just to get to that moisture. And she was sitting in there. I was like, what in the heck? So I put her into a different tank 
And she was, I saw her for, you know, several months. And then all of a sudden she was gone. I was like, man, this is an escape artist here. (laughs) But then six months later, she showed up and I was like, wow, she just hides really good. (laughs) Yeah, that's. Do you ever keep any Pamilio? Um, no, 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 I haven't, haven't had any. Jeez. No, I haven't had any, you know, I've had them like come through, like I would get them for other people, but, um, yeah, I'd like to. I tried some blue jeans. I traded a group of the Vitatis. I remember when you got some of those blue jeans and they were, I mean, they're imported, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I had, it was supposed to be a trio of them and Hey, I mean, I, I never really saw them. I'd have to do like welfare checks on them on a regular basis because I'm like, <laughs> I haven't seen you in, in at least a week. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know that those, if I had held on to those sort of long term, if they would have done any better. But Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're, I think the um, people are are getting them to reproduce better in, in captivity. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those egg eaters are, you know, are a little bit harder to, you know, to take care of and mm-hmm. keep, um, but they're, they're cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to, I mean, and there's so many different species in the Ufega uh, genus. That's uh, that's just really cool. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah. I, eventually, eventually once uh, things calm down, you know, and, and hopefully we get slate on the right track and, yeah. you know, maybe I'll expand again on stuff. But, you know, after talking, after telling you guys all the stuff that I had, after saying that I downsized, I still have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you were big into Venomous for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, at, yeah. Well, us, you know, everything sort of happened lately. Yeah. But. yeah. Yeah. Before my wife and I got married. Uh, actually, when when she first came over, um, you know, to my house in Myrtle Beach, uh, I had cheese. I had over three hundred fifty venomous. Golly, yeah, really? Yeah, it was oh, it was crazy. So we, yeah. Matter of fact, I, I remember. So her and I met in grad school, and I remember her dad, um, her dad and mom came to the house because I was looking for another roommate, and her dad was like saw the snake room and he's like oh my gosh he's looking in he goes oh is, is that a paw fatter and i was like oh yeah yeah he goes oh yeah and he told sarah he's like you need to live here because <laughs> he really likes snakes so oh, yeah. it's kind of cool because uh, yeah, she was really into the reptiles as well so nice yeah but that's rare man i get yeah, nine, times out of, nine times out of ten it's i'm not coming to your house well, right. I didn't invite you, so <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, you know, after Slate came along, you know, I got rid of uh, all my stuff. You know, I still have the the beaded and the helas, but you know, they're in a locked cage. They're all in locked cages in a locked room. So, right. um, you know, and they're high up. So um, he never goes goes where they're at. So. Right. Yeah. How many helas do you have? I have um, three. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yep. Yep. I have um, two bandits, I think. Mm-hmm. So, what about beaded? Uh, six beaded, I think, are out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. 
yeah. Yeah, I have them uh, chilling down for for the season. So I you keep trying to reproduce us. No, no. Okay. I just keep them. I just keep them on a cycle just to keep them okay. on a cycle. Yeah. But uh, and I even have my um, my Burmese black out there. Sometimes if it if it stays cold for too long, I'll bring them in. But uh, I, I generally just keep them all out in the garage area. So it's still, it's, it, it's not heated, but I have my water heater out there and our washer and dryer are out there. So it, it actually stays fairly warm. It, I have a, um, a, a monitor out there, temperature uh, right. thermostat there, and it never drops below 50 degrees out there in the garage, even when it's 20 degrees outside. Right. So, um, so yeah, it stays, you know, decent. How does the, in terms of keeping the helas versus the beaded's, are there any major differences in terms of how you're keeping those as far as like feeding or anything like that? Like, are you giving the beaded's more because they're bigger? Um, yeah, I, I give them, you know, size appropriate meals. Um, but yeah, they're, I mean, they're pretty similar. Um, the the beaded's uh, generally keep them a little, a little bit more humid, but not much. I mean, there's, the beaded, I tell you what, beaded love the water bowls. They they love crawling there. I uh, in the winter time I don't give them a big water bowl. Um, just the, the temperature out there, I I, I tend to yeah give, give them a smaller water bowl. Um, and uh, and the uh, the Burmese black they they really like humidity too. Uh, the Burmese black mountain tortoise. Uh, a lot of people. That have them that keep them inside in the winter time. They try to keep them dry, and a lot of times they can get a upper respiratory um, for being too dry. You want to mm -hmm. like give them moisture, keep them keep them pretty moist. So uh, not wet, but um, mm -hmm. don't right. want to don't want to dry them out too much. So um, Look, they're they're a good one for our area. for what they're they're good for our area. The um, oh, yeah, I yeah. the the Kinexus Co-op guys keep tempting me with all the stuff they're they're doing. I talk to Tyler on the regular, and uh, he's like, "Man, he's like, I'm gonna when I get some, let me know." Yeah, I just shut up, shut up, shut up. I can't. Yeah, yeah. there's just too much stuff, man. Yeah, there's there is too much cool stuff. Dude, I I tell you what, if I if I could get more Burmese blacks. For the backyard and then maybe get some red legs and like a cherry head or or, Am or maybe a amazon yellow leg i that would that'd be sweet well it's i mean it's funny too because i've i've traditionally never been much of a, a turtle or tortoise guy um but there's just a couple species where it's like, yeah, I'd break my, I'd, I'd break the rule for that. I'd break. Yeah. It. You know, I had water turtles as a kid, and those were a real pain. Yeah, if I was yeah. going to do any water turtle right now, it'd be diamondback terrapins or an uh, alligator snapper. Uh yeah, alligators are, are really nice. I've yeah. also been tempted by those because Bill Bradley's like, dude, I got one. He's like, I'll send it to you right now. And I'm like, mm. and we, you got, then, all you got to do is the, say the word. We go to the zoo and I show Katie. I was like, yeah, I remember Bill wanted to, you know, had one that he said I could, I could have. I was like, that's, that's what they are when they're big, <laughs> which was probably stupid on my part. She's like, uh, no. what the hell? Yeah. I was like, yeah, but they take like 30 years to get that size. Yeah. It's Ellie's problem then. Yeah. Exactly. It's an heirloom. <laughs> 
yeah. it's an heirloom. Well, I tell you, you know, talking about size, you know, and, and you know, the Burmese blacks are, are they get big, uh, but that those Amazon Basin uh, yellowfoots, man, they're just yeah. they they get some size onto them too. Mm-hmm. So, like I said the red foots or the the yellow foots are just, and they're good for our areas too. Um, you know, they like that humidity. Um, yeah, I have a buddy down here. Um, in like the Rincon area, who's I think he's he's got some red red eggs right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Because he's and he's doing I think a lot with leopards. Okay. Oh, those are cool. I think. I don't know. Nice. I just talked to him the other day because he called me up. It's um John Calloway. Oh. So, shout yeah, out right. to John. Yeah, he's a cool, dude. Yeah, I. uh I've been half tempted. Uh, one, well, this was several years ago. Valdabras, you know, uh, <laughs> Bill had one, Bill Albright. And I was like, oh, man, I need to get one of those, but I don't need to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I try to I, I try to stay away from the cicadas just because I like my fence intact. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little wrecking ball leg. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I see on the neighborhood webpage, some tourists attacked my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Came out of the fence covered in blood. <laughs> Those things are so big, man. Like, once you see one, like, full-blown, like, old, that those things cool are freaking wild, huge. Though. Oh, yeah, dude. That'd be awesome. Yeah, full, yeah. full-grown adult just doing its thing. I'll still never forget the time I found a Texas tortoise while I was in living in Texas, and it like a gopher. No, it's a Texas tortoise. At least, or am I wrong? I don't know. I was unaware they had. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I. I was told it was a Texas tortoise. Maybe they were. They call that a red-eared slider in most places. But no, this thing. <laughs> I have. I have a picture of it. I was. We were walking down a path. And I look over and I'm like, what, what the hell is that? It's yeah. just this tortoise just like scurrying through the brush and <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a Texas tortoise. We oh, have sure enough. Yeah, there is a Texas tortoise. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. saw one in South Texas and it, it kind of looks like a little sulco. I was blown away. I was like, what is a freaking tortoise <laughs> just running around out here whatever i'd love to find a gopher here oh dude finding a gopher would be awesome my my dad lived in um he lived in Denellen, florida for a while and he had one in his yard that burrowed in that was he had uh about three and a half acres and he uh came outside one uh one morning he's like where's, where's ryan he's like call for me I'm like dad i'm over here and i'm filming it and i'm like this thing is so cool yeah <laughs> so he's, he's like that thing's that thing's always out running around I'm like that this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand yeah you don't <laughs> understand same yeah. genus as gopher tortoises just a different species the texas, like texas tortoises yeah yeah i, like, yeah, I know it's like now we gotta look for indigos diamondbacks <laughs> <laughs> go yeah i mean p and cody they had some at least one gopher on their on their property that had been digging and stuff because you find the you know the burrows and whatnot. Right. They're pretty when you see a, a you know a gopher bur- burrow, it's pretty pretty obvious that it's a gopher burrow. You know, right? Yeah. And I yeah. remember going and looking around and thinking like, man, I wonder if I stuck my hand in there right now. If there's a giant ass diamondback showing. 
Only one way to find out. That's like the trifecta, right? For like the southeast is like go for tortoise, indigo, eastern diamondback. You win. You find all three. Go play the lottery that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Brownie points if you can find all three in the same borough. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We don't. We don't want Jake around Diamondbacks. Ha 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 ha! So funny. His, his hand just like quit. Yeah, I can already feel my thumb just tightening. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure it was the same trip that I found the tortoise and that I got bit. Fun, fun fact. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so if you were someone who was getting into into venomous now, in the current day and age, and you weren't a complete idiot that and you know was compelled to post everything on the internet, like what what species would you be getting into? Man, copperheads. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. When we went, we went to the last Columbia show they had, and some of the copperheads that they had there completely changed my view. I I've always loved copperheads, but yeah. seeing the stuff that a couple guys had there, yeah, some like it, aberrant ones, dude, and patternless and patternless striped aberrant, it was freaking nuts. It's like yeah. it's, dude, some of them were like twelve hundred dollars for this little. Really? Yeah, there was one for like twelve fifteen hundred bucks. This little tiny. Neonate copperhead. I didn't see the price dude, tag. I'm it sure was, I saw it. I mean, it was beautiful, but I was like, Good for a copperhead, you know. But I get it, you know. Those thing was nuts, man. They're beautiful. Yeah, they are. That Columbia show had the biggest damn beat I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was like morbidly obese, dude. It was. I like, remember seeing that, being like, I don't remember him getting that big. Yeah, dude. That thing was freaking. He was freaking massive. Diesel. Yeah, some pretty big ones. I don't remember. It was someone not a. It didn't look familiar, and their name wasn't familiar. No, but there was someone who had uh some Malayan pit vipers, which I thought was cool because you don't see those very often. Yeah, yeah. So it's like some, some I used younger to have them. Yeah. Um. Someone had a, a black squam. That were two black squams that oh, I'm sure were dude. produced by Alex, but oh. those things like I. I know I talk about my <laughs> my. My atheris <laughs> fetish a lot, but seeing a black squam in person, I was like, you know, yeah. it might cause my divorce. <laughs> but I'd also have a black squam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why why copperheads? Um, they don't get real big. No. They're um, you know, I mean, most of the time they do all right on the hook. Um, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Uh, not the ones I've dealt with. Baby oil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the biggest thing is the size, and then um, you know their their venom, their toxicity isn't as high. Yeah, so that makes sense. That that's the biggest thing. Yeah, um, and, and you know it. You know, and it depends on. You know, they they are all individual. Mm -hmm. um when it comes to temperament and stuff like that and yet once you once you really tick them off uh yeah. it's done well i mean if you look at if you look at a copperhead you know a, a wild type copperhead color phase is supposed to blend in so um you know i, I talk to people all the time about uh difference between a cottonmouth and a, and a copperhead and they're they're always saying oh man those cottonmouths are 
super mean and and i'm like no actually the copperhead is more likely to bite you because and their I'm first worried. line of defense huh so they're the they're the worst man everybody yeah. talks about cop mouths being this that my like, dude every copperhead i've dealt with is 10 times worse than every cotton mouth i've dealt with like yeah as as I, wild animals go you know but, yeah because their first line of defense is gone the so once they know that you've um you know you've seen them and, yeah I mean, the common mouth, you know, it's showing its mouth and it, the white in its mouth. And I mean, I've actually stepped on them in in the wild, you know, and, and they never bit me. You know, mm -hmm. they're just kind of, you know, maybe do a, a mock strike, you know, or, but yeah. it hasn't been real bad, you know. Oh, man. That... So, but now if they bite you, then, you know, common mouth will, will mess you up. Oh, yeah. So. I was I was so close to convincing Katie to let me get a pygmy. From Phil. Pygmies are cool. We know, Justin. I know. We know. Like we saw him at the Jacksonville Zoo, and I was like, "That's an adult right there. Look how small it is." Look how She's small. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty much. I used to, uh, I used to breed the uh, Western Massasagas. Uh, they were really cool. I like them. Uh, but yeah, I, I've had the dusky and the Carolina pygmies. Those are real. Oh, real cool. I love the I love the duskies, man. Yeah, I, I love the blues. You know, everybody likes those deep red pygmies, but dude, I like those oh, yeah. like, I like the powder. I like the powder blue pygmies, man. Oh god, mm -hmm. so yeah. nice. Never seen one down here though. Yeah, they're more of a Florida thing. I pretty much all the ones I found. I only found one more red one in Florida on the trip to the Tallahassee area we took, but most of them were like that dusky color. Um, I found one, I have a picture of it next to a quarter, but dude, it is a little tiny thing of about as big as this freaking quarter was, but it was just like, just blue. Oh, this beautiful powder blue color. It was amazing. I love yeah. That. Around, around here, you'll see, um, you'll see duskies closer to the coast, um, you know, in the depressional areas. And then, um, the uh you'll see more of the carolina pygmies in the sand hill regions right. mm -hmm. i just love yeah. the cryptic like face and stuff where you you know at first glance you can't tell sort of where the eye is because it all just sort of blends in together and i love the little twitch that they do the head twitch yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be like, like a little bob you know <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. crazy but you have to if you listen real closely you can hear them rattle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's like a little never, buzz. Yeah, I've never seen anyone post any pictures of any here on the island. I don't. Like, I found them in Ridgeland. See, that would make more sense. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like honestly, if, if someone said they're not even on Ladies Island, I would not be surprised. Yeah, being as isolated as it is now, I've yeah. never even seen any DORs. Like maybe it's because our coral snake population is so healthy. That's why we're not seeing many of them. Like <laughs> all the black racers we have. Yeah. Speaking of, we have to got to stack tin this year. I'm stacking. Yeah. I'm stacking the tin. The single, single sheet garbage you should is, already is have doing it. Doing nothing. You should already do some stacking. On I'm going to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. You, you know what I need to do is I need to come down there, uh, visit you guys. We go to Paris Island, look for some diamondbacks. So I've actually, I tracked diamondbacks on Paris Island one time. Nice. Um, I, I wanted to get in contact with whoever's doing that just to be like, I'll carry your water. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> you don't even have right. to give me a hook. I just want to be out there and see one. Yeah. It was so cool, man. Like, cause my, but my buddy, you know, I'm still friends with him, but he's not doing it anymore, but he was, um, 
he was a student at Marshall University and he was doing his uh, graduate project down here and it was on Diamondback. So he was basically in charge of that. He had a whole nice. list, had a whole list of Diamondbacks that he would track. They're all named, you know, something specific. And, you know, it was just the coolest thing being able to, you know, he's like, okay, they're normally, this one's normally in this area. We go to it, take the tracker out and you follow, follow, follow. Also that you get into like this little circle and that thing's just singing, you know, and you're like, all right, uh-huh. spot the diamond back. <laughs> like, yeah. where is it? I think we probably found five that day. Ah, oh, dude, it was so cool. I don't count them as like herped. Because to me that it's was kind of cheating. That's cheating. I'm like, yeah, I've seen him in the wild, but I don't really yeah, I don't I don't count that. I just want to see one. Dude, it is so cool. They're so cool, man. That is the tiger of the southeast, in my opinion. Yeah. The... Paris Island, man. It's Paris Island and the barrier islands are I think some of the only areas you can find them. I think you would have almost have an easier time, like on the more secluded islands around Probably. here. Because, you know, they swim. You know, there's one time, this yeah. was, you know, several months ago, uh, while it was still warm, I was on the boat with uh, two buddies. And we're throwing the cast net, trying to get bait. And somebody's like, Jake, there's a huge snake up there. And I was like, what? And I'm looking around the water. You know, I don't see it. My buddy was like, dude, that thing had to be pushing six foot long. Nasty. He's like, it was huge. He was like, that was a diamond bag. I'm like, if, it was, if there's going to be a snake all the way out here, it probably was, but I've had another buddy of mine had one get on his boat. They were fishing. This thing literally crawled up on the boat and <laughs> sat there. They, yeah, so they, they had a picture of it and everything. One of the guys, they were taking somebody fishing. They're like, what do we do? They're like, nothing. <laughs> Let it sit there. It's taking a break. And, you know, 10 minutes later, hop back in the water. <laughs> what in the See world, you. man? It's They're freaking nuts. Yeah, I, I- I know down um, down in uh, on Paris Island for a while. I don't know if she's still involved with Marshall University. I think she headed up the uh, program for a while. But mm-hmm. uh, Jamie uh, Waldron, uh, she actually actually came to Coastal when I was a grad student at Coastal, and she looked at being a professor there. And mm-hmm. they uh, they had me take her out, take her around the whole uh, campus since I was a herp guy. And uh, she, yeah, she's real cool. And she telling me about the studies that she was doing down there Paris and actually my uh, one of my good friends um Aaron um Gooley he uh he got his ph I think he has phd there uh either he got his I think he he got his either his master's or his, his phd he he's he's uh eventually got his phd and he's working up in Illinois or no he's in Indiana now he was at, in Illinois now he's in Indiana but mm-hmm. he worked with Jamie Waldron uh with his grad work Maybe I don't know Tony Mills, who does the Coastal Kingdom show on on the SCE TV channel. They did a, a section on Paris Island Diamondbacks, and they had a, a lady there that was running it. And I don't she was she was younger. I don't know. I don't remember her name. I want to ask him who's doing it now. Just like I said, because I like to get in contact with him. Just to like yeah. i said i'll 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 be your your mule your packing mule for things <laughs> like load all your backpacks and stuff and i'll carry them i just want to be out there and see them you yeah know? dude but i don't know if that's a liability thing or, or what i don't know my buddy took me and it wasn't a problem you know he just asked he's like you want to go get, find some diamondbacks i'm like mm. <laughs> no <laughs> like, <laughs> you know yeah. and but it was nothing you know he was a student basically running the thing and we went out there on like a sunday or something and nothing 
Like, yeah. No problems. I met him outside the gate and I rode in with him and no issues. So yeah. It's such a prime prime island too for all yeah, that stuff. Dude. I had no idea all the habitat they had out oh, yeah. there, man. That oh was, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It's hard to get on Paris Island nowadays though. It, sure. Yeah. If you're not military, I, you better know somebody that is. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting yeah. on that sucker for nothing. Yeah. But. Yeah. <clears throat> Jamie um is is around the same age as me. Okay. Uh, I don't know if uh I'll have to go back and find the video. It's on YouTube. I'll have to go hunt it down. Yeah. Gotcha. But, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get on. on the yeah. Islands now. Yeah. yeah, they've cracked down on all that stuff big time. Yeah, try to get on Monkey Island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good luck. I actually, I actually fish around Monkey Island quite a bit. Um, yeah, there's, we've got a lot of fish over there, but man, it was, I never actually saw monkeys out there until I started fishing a lot more with a buddy of mine. And sure enough, man, there's one day we went out there and they were freaking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We need to wild. get like GoPros and, and sneak on there. <laughs> Dude, you set foot, you, if you set foot on that Island, there's going to be a helicopters over here in a matter of minutes. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm like no joke. If you yep. set foot on there, there. How do they know? They've got cameras everywhere. Literally it's... everywhere, dude. If you put a freaking toe on the dock, guarantee you within That's five why minutes. You don't go on the dock. You go. <laughs> it don't matter, man. You set foot on that island, a matter of five CLT minutes, they're gonna have helicopters shit. over you. Yeah, it's. Probably because you'll catch some sort of rare disease that is going to be the yeah. The also that end times. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't want herpes from a monkey. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Especially something that could potentially kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Jake's, Jake's safe, so he's. <laughs> but no. Speaking of like my buddy, he's offered me several times. I'm going to try and take him up on it come springtime he wants to take me kind of island hopping around there to you know go look for diamondbacks and anything else on any of these barrier islands we can find so i'm going to try and make it happen obviously not monkey but <laughs> yeah some, uh, some of the other ones that you can go on because there's a lot of islands that you can just pull up to by boat and mm -hmm. beach yeah. it and go walk there's around one that my dad hunts on a lot that i need to hmm. like we should check that out in the off season yeah dude I, I don't wanna... remember exactly where it is, but it's an island that it must. It's, it sounds like it's a pretty decent size, right. um, but they go hunting on that. I still want to go to Defusky and yeah, look for some yellow rats, corns, some corns, because yeah. you know that's where the best corn snakes would be, man. Yeah, on a totally secluded island like that. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, after seeing some of the ones from Spring Island that Tony sent me pictures of, like I think those might take the cake. Oh yeah, no Better Spring Island hunt club yeah, by a long shot. Yeah, no, the Spring Island corns are. I mean, Just bar none. They're, they're fire engine red. You know, yeah. I'm still I'm still getting the <clears throat> mail from my buddy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've you know I've actually uh, did some herping up in the McClellanville area, and man, there's some beautiful my corns up there from. yeah it's, it's yeah it's really real good rural deep red yeah how far is that from you about 45 minutes yeah oh, that's not bad east yeah 
Uh, north of me. Northeast. Because isn't Somerville like slightly more inland? Yeah. From Charleston? Yeah. So it, then, okay. Yeah. So Somerville's kind of south of Monk's Corner. Mm -hmm. So I to get to McClellanville, a lot of times, if I don't want to fight traffic, I'll go through Monk's Corner and take the forest up through. Yeah. Francis Marion's another one that. Oh, yeah, man. Really nice. Francis Marion. Yeah. It's really nice. I'll never forget when I was coming back from Texas after being bit by the rattlesnake for some reason, my GPS took me through the middle of the Francis Mary national forest while I was trying to get back to Georgetown and the middle of the night. And all I could think of was hitting a deer or something or blowing a tire. And I'm like, if anything happens, I'm screwed, man. Wow. Like pitch black. I didn't see a car for an hour and a half driving through that crap, man. I was like, yeah. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> It's so when you just stop, get it. This is how it ends. Yeah. It's so when you just stop, and if it's a clear night, get out and look at the stars. Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's one thing I miss is, you know, looking at the stars at night on a clear, you know, clear oh, night. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty epic. Um, when I lived out, I lived out in Arizona for a while. And man, I tell you what, the stars are so bright out there. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. You know, and you didn't have as much atmosphere with the, you know, here with all the humidity and everything um, out there. So dry and clear. It's just like, wow. It's, it's and it's cool. crazy, like talking about like stars and stuff, even compared to like if you're in the city of Beaufort, you're not going to see anything. But you drive 20 minutes out to where my parents are in Sheldon, mm -hmm. like you said, on a clear night, dude, you can look up and it's just filled. The sky is filled yeah. with stars. And you know, I, I'm the same way. I love, I can, I love that. And just yeah. lay in the back of a truck and just stare, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. That's nice. So, so what uh, what stuff have you guys been getting into? What type of animals? Colubrids for me in general, Justin, a corn bunch of freaking corn, corn snakes. snakes. <laughs> yeah. I am gonna I am planning to sort of go through and thin out on some that I don't fit into the sort of the long-term plans as far as stuff I want to focus on. But, um, yeah, those, and I, I got those, those Radnophis, the, the persimmon, cause I, I sure they're gone. Yosoma, but <laughs> I won't call them that. Why won't you call those that? I thought those were more of the true gone. Yosoma. No, that's Jansen. I and oxycephalum. Oh. So, Excuse me. Got a pair of those. Those are doing really well. They're settling in really nice. Um, little eating machines. Nice. And then sort of the rhinos are some, kind of the big one for the year. Nice. Definitely nice. not going to do as many as many pairings as I did last year. Are you pairing up any rhinos this year? Yeah. Nice. Going for it. Full send. So. Nice, man. Excited for that because I could have a, a freaking house full of those things and be happy. <laughs> yeah. So the funnest snakes. Better than Barron's. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love my, I freaking love my Barons, man. Ever since I moved them from quarantine into the main room where, you know, it's just warmer in general, they're so much more like out and about and active. And yeah, I love watching those freaking things, man. They're so cool. Yeah. But I've got, and cooling right now, I've got Santa Rosa County gray rats in the garage. I've got, albino florida pines in the garage got nice. 
Brewster County, Fork Line, Gopher Snakes. And that's everything I'm trying to pair up as far as colubrids go. Then I've got two pairs of carpets together right now. Those look like they've been doing some some work. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping so. I'm confident in at least one. They were together for a while, but they've been apart for the last little bit. So I'm gonna give it a couple more days with them. The other pair, they were together for a few days and then they've been apart most of the time. So I don't really know. I'm hoping the male got the job done, but Probably going to pull him out for a few days, give him a small food item, and try and put him back. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. But if I get everything, it's going to be a busy season. Yeah. So, I also have thorn scrub rats that are in cooling right now, but those are on the those are in, in the, the raffle. So, if you if anybody gets the thorn... What, what, what county those? Those are uh, McMullen. That's McMullen County. I couldn't Texas. remember. I was, when I put them on there, I was like, I not remember if they were Brewster. Yes. No. Uh, They're McMullen County trio, male, two females. Uh, they already are proven breeders, all three. Um, it's a nice trio. Yeah, it's a nice trio. So they're proven. If you get them, they'll already be pre cooled. So. What really yeah. needs to happen is people need to buy slots on this Albino Cow King. Yeah, isn't there only one person? No, there's it? like three. Oh uh, no, I thought it was just Bill. It may just be. I can't keep up with them all. Dude, why don't you put your name on it so you can just keep it? I don't want to. <laughs> well, you don't want to. You don't want a bitey snake. I, you know, I've as I get older, you've grown a in my bit. old age of thirty-two. I've I've come to really not enjoy the Getula complex stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like at all. Like Easterns are kind of the only thing that I would consider holding on to if I had them. But. Skyler's Skyler's Florida Kings were pretty okay. That's cool. He can enjoy that. <laughs> you know, I, I think king snakes. I, I always uh, refer to king snakes like cats. You know, you hold them and it's like a cat. You're petting it, and it's like, oh, it's loving you, and then all of a sudden it bites you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like a king snake. Yeah, that's how I feel about rosy boas. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no yeah. i can feel that there's uh i, I don't know like, I've, so. I've, I've called the 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 getula complex should be reclassified as meth propeltus because that's everyone i've dealt with they're just like spazzy as shit just a freaking meth they're, they're yeah they're gunning for you they think you're food they do that same thing you were just talking about where they're all cool and you're handling them and then all of a sudden they're like yep yeah, this finger's i want to eat it <laughs> yeah, thank you. But I also, I mean, I have some corns that are like that too, and I think it's with those, it's mostly an age thing. Like they sort of hit that year to two year mark, and some of them they just get so food crazy that they just go for anything that moves. Yeah, yeah. I've got and that, two in particular that are really, really bad like that. And that's all. That's always the worst. That that feeding response type bite because it's like i'm holding on and i'm, I'm gonna try to get as much oh, yeah. your finger down my mouth down my throat as i can so yeah. dude i had a hog nose that went like knuckle deep on my finger one time and i was like this is bad but speaking of hog noses that's also something i got recently i mean i got two a few months ago but more recently last last weekend i got some really, really nice hog noses. So, Westerns? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Westerns. I've got two normals from Jason Keller. 
Then last weekend, I got another pair from uh, Elijah. Elijah Day. And I got, so let me think about this. The females, a um, albino anaconda, possible Arctic, 50% het sable. And then the male is an Arctic conda albino or triple A, 50% het sable. And they're just freaking smoke shows. So super pumped about those, getting back in the hogs a little bit. Um, you know, not a huge morph guy, but I really like Hognes morphs. Um, so I'm going to yeah. dabble, dabble with those a little bit, especially the Anaconda gene. I love the Anaconda gene. I love albinos. Yeah. So those are definitely going to be my focus and, you know, obviously Arctic now as well. Um, yeah, I'll just, get, I'll just get lucky if they happen to be head sable. Cause that, that's kind of the, the ticket. That's the big morph right now is sable. Um, but what all the cool kids are getting yeah, yeah. I, I really don't i don't really like the morph to be the honest say, yeah sable itself is yeah like, like really by itself no but like they're very expensive like sable by itself a het sable is like in, it's insanely expensive so but apparently if you mix sable into triple a it makes i forget what eli called it a sun glow or something like that but it's freaking nuts. So shut up, corn boy. Wouldn't you like it, to know, weather boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Westerns are awesome. I, I yeah. really, really like them. I, yeah. I mean, even the, even the wild type is really, really oh, cool. yeah. I've got, so I have a pair of the wild types and Those my nice. male from Jason Keller. So I was originally just getting the female albino condo to put with him because he's so unique. His patterns really spread out and just, just a really, really cool example of a wild type. Um, so I wanted to plug him into Anaconda and try and get some high white albinos and stuff to see what would happen. But now I have the triple A. Nice. So yeah, Eli, Eli's a good salesman, man. He'll sucker you in. You. Oh yeah. No, he got me. <laughs> He got me, but I'm not mad about it. The female, though, it was the craziest thing. I had her in my hand, and she, like, would come up to the side of my finger and just, like, open her mouth on it. I'm like, what are you, like, stop. You're, like, <laughs> you're like two inches long. Like, mm -hmm. don't even don't even try. Then she was, like, trying to do it on, like, the palm of my hand and stuff. I was like, it doesn't even look like it. Like, it's not, <laughs> even my, not even my finger, dude. It doesn't like, matter. What are you, you doing? You never know until you try. Yeah, she, dude, she tried to bite me, like, three, four times. It was kind of adorable. So I don't think I'll have any problems getting her getting her feeding. So Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, man. They're awesome. Now what about uh Papua New Guinea? I still have a lot of poplin carpets. Yeah. That's that's I, well, I say a lot. I sold quite a few not too long ago, like when we went to Daytona, I probably sold six of them, like just babies that I produced. Um, but I've got four adults together right now for two pairs. I think I've only got, and thinking about it, it's almost depressing. I've got those four. Then it's another eight. So I probably have 12 or 13 carpets right now. Um, a couple more, but they're going out some whenever I, we can figure it out with the guy that I'm doing a trade with. 
Um, another pair that I produce, but yeah, slim down on those a lot getting into colubrids because I have way too many colubrids now. Um, but yeah, still working and, on those. And that was a, uh, that was a, uh, a, a word, um, a word mix to, uh, to get you guys to start talking about, uh, uh another thing, which is, uh, tiki. That's why when I said Papua New Guinea talking, uh, uh, about uh, the tiki guy and get you guys into tiki. What is what is what is that? Yeah, so I mean, so I know I know you uh, you were big into the uh, the prepping uh, uh, carpet pythons, but um, tiki. I need to get get you guys into some uh, tiki stuff because that's my other love. And uh, Papua New Guinea is uh, real big in in the tiki culture. So. Uh, uh, so ex a, explain what tiki tiki is what do you mean uh, all right so tiki <laughs> is is a subculture um okay. of a, a polynesian style um influence so they sometimes they call uh, polynesian pop um so pretty much when you go to uh, a, a bar that, that uh you know like a, a beach bar a lot of times they'll mm -hmm. say you know that you go into a tiki bar Right. But tiki itself, actually, tiki is uh, um, started um, after the uh, after World War II. Um, all of the uh, servicemen were coming back, and they wanted to bring back the, uh, the Polynesian culture. And so, it's actually a California thing. Um, tiki is more of a of a um, it's a United States Southern California type mm -hmm. craze. Uh, it started in, um, I think it was 33 or 34, mm -hmm. um, right around after, um, after prohibition, um, people started getting into these, uh, uh, Don, the, Don, the beachcomber, um, uh, started his, uh, first restaurant on, it's like Tiki bar and, um, the pollen, the, uh, Papua New Guinea culture. Uh, overflowed into uh, a lot of these bars. Uh, Trader Vic's uh, was another one that started. Trader uh, um, Trader Vic's started from Vic Virgin uh, worked uh, with uh, Don the Beachcomber and started his own restaurant. Uh, so there's actually a Trader Vic's in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that's uh, it's pretty historic. So you, you had all these phases of tiki. Uh, you had the you know the early phase, the original phase, mm -hmm. and then you had uh, a resur resurgence back in like the fifties and sixties, and now another the third wave. Um, I think it's about nineties it started back, but uh, I'm actually drinking from a I don't know if you can see this mug, one of these uh, tiki mugs that are real popular. Oh, yeah. I saw that earlier, and I was like, "What kind of freaking glass yeah. is that?" <laughs> oh, okay, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like the mask. Yeah, Papua New Guinea style. Yeah, mask there. Um, cool. Yeah, but that's a uh, so so that was kind of a play on words uh, when I asked you earlier. Yeah, I, I, I kind of just kind of assumed that's what you're talking about. I, was like, I don't really know what he means by that, but I still have the carpet pythons. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, you yeah. Converted your your like you know porch area that you completely sort of gutted and redid, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a work in progress right now. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to do everything like low low budget. So, you know, I'm going I'm doing all of the work myself. I'm going to a lot of thrift stores and stuff like that, buying the stuff. And mm -hmm. um, you know, I uh yeah. you know it, it it's it's becoming a, a pretty a big thing. Slate, uh he loves it. You know, and and uh, he'll go out onto the porch, and you know, when people come over, he goes, "Oh, you got you guys see the lightning machine, you know, or <laughs> yeah, I said I have that. thunder and lightning going, and mm -hmm. and then the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. Yep, mm -hmm. that's one. That's one of his <laughs> favorite awesome. movies. Yeah, so he's like he's in love with that kind of stuff. So he'll go out. As a matter of fact, he has his own little tiki mug that he drinks out of. We we make uh, tiki drinks, and he's like, "I want my tiki drink. I want my tiki drink." So we'll make him a like little virgin like fruit drink. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a a big a big thing right now. As a matter of fact, down where you guys are at, um, there's in Savannah, there's a couple tiki bars. Uh, Is there? Yeah, one the one of them is called Bamboo Room. And, that one uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, and uh, that and there's another one there. Uh, I haven't either, I haven't been to either one of them, and so Sarah and I are planning a, a trip down there at, at some point. You know, it might nice. be, it was going to be soon, but you know, with Slate's condition, it's going to probably be, uh, uh, you know, once once we figure out his, you know, his right. situation, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, taken sure. care of, but uh, but yeah, it's yeah. uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a fun thing. Um, it's a lifestyle. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy because they have all yeah. these like different conventions and stuff, almost like the reptile community. It's it's actually a lot like the reptile community. It's a, a small group of people, uh, but when they get together, they just like geek out on this stuff, kind of stuff. So nice. Um, yeah, and mine's more. Uh, so uh, originally, it's like. You know, kind of uh, a mid-century style. Um, you know, very Polynesian influence. Um, but the new wave is kind of going into you know, like the creature from Black Lagoon and like Universal Monsters and kind of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people are are like purists that will say, you know, if it's you know, if it's not, you know. French Polynesian, you know, it's, it's not tiki, you know, kind right. of thing. but, but I don't know, but there's, there's a lot of mix. Like I, I see, I see shrunken heads and, uh, and a lot of the purest places. I'm like, mm. well, the shrunken heads actually, the Papua New Guinea, they, uh, they are headhunters, but they didn't practice shrinking heads. Actually, that mm. was down in, uh, Amazon, the Amazon down in South mm. America tribe down there. So, uh, I think there's a lot of influence from different places, but oh. my whole thing is, so someone asked me like, well, what do you consider tiki is? And my, my thing with tiki is anything that has like tribal art in there. I don't care if it's from, if it's from French Polynesia, Africa, South America, you know, I have, a, I have a bar that's set up like a, it's like a, a Mayan or Aztec type. Mm, I think yeah. it's a Mayan uh, style bar. Um, and, uh, so a lot of those masks from South America, Africa, French Polynesian, Asia, you know, all of them kind of have a very similar, um, look to them. Yeah. So, so just as long as someone has that kind of art and has a kind of like a tropical vibe, you know, I don't know if I would call Tiki like, you know, 
some some setup from the tundra <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has some sort of tropical feel to it right but, yeah but yeah, the popping stuff in particular is is interesting too because i've seen some of the stuff that ari flagel's posted as far as um things that he's like art that he's sort of done that's similar to the to what's done sort of tribally over there and it's it's definitely unique from from a lot of that other stuff yeah the colors and patterns and things yeah yeah i i really so i really like the um papua new guinea style uh artwork i like the kind of like googly eyes and or some of the cowrie shells in there mm-hmm. uh, the, those yeah I, I really get into a lot of that style um I like all the different uh, area artwork, but I, I really Papua New Guinea has some really cool, uh, cool art. So, yeah, it's an interesting place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It is still, uh, you know, still a place that I don't know if I would want to visit without knowing <laughs> someone that <Yeah. laughs> knows the area good. That's the big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. A lot yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. So I would I that's funny we mentioned that like Dan Malier just put a video out today on YouTube talking about there's a like the hobby of of her pediculture like it does exist in Papua New Guinea which hmm. is interesting because you wouldn't think it would but he had someone send him a picture of an insularis that they found on Papua a blue one which is definitely not native to Papua not anywhere close you know and he, they're thinking that her pediculture and stuff because it's it's a thing there. Like people are are it's a similar to a Florida thing where people mm-hmm. are releasing some stuff. And and he talked about this smuggler that got busted, <clears throat> uh, and he had some chondros and some other stuff. Uh, is in the Sarong area, and because of a lack of budget, both on the rescues part that took the animals in and the government's part like they're they pretty much released those animals in sarong even though they weren't from sarong so he's like if someone does a study here now like it's kind of tainted you don't know you know that that puts a pretty big sort of caveat in your in your data if you're trying to study things i mean whether or not only a handful of animals really makes a serious impact uh, long term i mean who knows but i just thought it was interesting because i i didn't realize that that her pediculture was a was a thing you know when we think papua new guinea we don't think of a terribly developed place but like there are the major cities and stuff like that it sounds like there are pretty first world you know yeah. in comparison so yeah it's interesting yeah yeah it would be a i don't know it, it would be a really cool place to uh to visit but yeah it's um i don't know it's I wouldn't want to take my family there. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I'm no, like, I asked Daniel Natouche that when we had him on the Contracast a couple of years ago, you know, because we've always heard like most of Papua is probably not the safest place to go. But he said, if you, you know, if you're sticking to like the major cities and stuff, he's like, it's really not any worse than like there's our like vacation areas in Papua that are, you know, just like, um, you know, in Mexico, there's plenty of vacation spots there that are, 
safe in comparison to the you know the rest of the country and stuff so you want to stay at that yeah. Yeah. spot don't go wandering around in the right. woods but but we all know all the all the stuff we want to see on Pablo's yeah exactly not in those that's the thing though it's like right. if i went somewhere like that i want to be in the woods i want to be herping you know like i don't, don't want to go there just sit in the freaking hotel no yeah yeah go in the woods yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, we, we, you know what we need to do is we need to all get together. We need to go herping down there around you guys. And then afterwards, we need to celebrate with all the species that we see by going over to the bamboo room. Down in there you go. <laughs> I'm down. There you go. I haven't been to Savannah in a minute. Dude, I try to avoid it. <laughs> Honestly, but if we went, you know, I'm okay, like, going, like, during the day and stuff, you know. I'm not a bar. I'm not, like, a go downtown savannah at 11 o'clock at night and bar hop like no i just yeah really no. go down there yeah no. the yeah that's the, that's the other thing yeah well and and the thing that i like about the uh the tiki uh, bars are that it's it's not like oh yeah it's not like bar. a bar, yeah, bar. Yeah. yeah i know i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah no, it's, it's a, yeah it's kind of i don't know it's you, you just feel like you're transported into a different place yeah. and time almost you know it's kind of cool yeah man and that's definitely, you know, definitely get down here and we'll definitely check it out yeah and that goes back to like the whole thing with escapism and, and you know everyone wants to try to escape some realities oh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's yeah, uh yeah that yeah because I'm, I'm like you jake i i never was big into the, the like club scene or anything like right. that you know, Jake is a club rat. Don't let him fool you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was not. I went to Savannah. Like I'm not even gonna say clubbing. We went bar hopping Savannah for one time, and it was that one of the that worst. No, it was several years ago. I haven't. I haven't. I, I think been I remember back. that. You talking about it? But... Maybe, but it was like probably literally like four years ago, probably. Oh, maybe not. Like it was a it was a long time ago, and like my buddy took me. It was supposed to be like this whole like basically thing for me to get out have a little fun whatever because i just got done dealing with a lot of bullshit in my life and he's like yeah come on we'll take you spend well fun he got smashed i was concerned about getting home i'm like dude how are we supposed to get home like so i stayed sober ended up being designated driver and i'm Maybe like so. yeah this was like so much fun for me dude thanks <laughs> like, so glad we could celebrate yeah no um it's not no it's not my thing yeah at all i'd rather stay at home and play with my snakes nerd <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. yeah man let us know when you can come down i found i've gotten some pretty good herp areas now so awesome DORs. dude you the only time you got to go with me was like when it wasn't prime you need to go with me like the first warm day in march I'll put you on all kinds of stuff. Come on, man. You don't believe in me. You haven't really given yeah. me much. much you haven't to. gone with me. You don't go with me. The only time you've gone it's is like, when hey, it's man, terrible. We find the biggest dead copperhead I've ever seen in my life. Dude, I, I'm we talking. We find a really nice timber cane break. Like dead. 100 yards from that, dead. And then another copperhead after that, another 50 yards down the road, dead. And I'm like, thanks, Jake. <laughs> we did find a cotton mouth at the yeah, WMA that you missed <laughs> that I like. <let go. laughs> 
that's the hard thing about like doing the cross dikes, man. If you're walking on dikes trying to find cotton mouths, you, you got to be on your toes. They're quick, they're quick man. Yeah. Especially when they're gravid. Yeah. Oh, dude, that, that sucker was about to pop. Yeah, that sucker was freaking <laughs> huge. But, dude, I've sent you pictures of all the stuff I found road cruising. I think you and... just pulled those off Google. I don't think that was right. <laughs> I'm convinced those are fake. Somebody's mad that I herp circles around him. <laughs> you know, we've well, been talking about herping for forever. Yeah. Yeah. For the last like three or four years. Come on, man. <laughs> I know. I say that every year, too. I'm like, I'm going to go out more. And then it just, I go walk outside and it's like a million degrees. I'm like, nope. Nope. <laughs> I actually yeah. did quite a bit. I did a lot early last year yeah. and then I got busy and I didn't live as close to my spot. So, 10 stacks. Lazy. That's happening. I think that might yeah. make the difference for us. On my parents' property, yeah, the single sheet thing just hasn't been. Yeah, but for see, several years. If, to me, like, if you're gonna hurt, it's not just going out, flipping all your pieces of tin and going back. It's like I never said that it's was doing it. a little bit of everything. I'm doing some road cruising, some tin flipping, some hiking. Got to start somewhere. Oh yeah, hey, no, I, I'm not against it. Just I tell you what, if you guys, you guys want a, a pro tip here, here, here's a good pro tip for herping. Instead of like corrugated tin, get car hoods. Car hoods. Hmm. Yeah. So go to like a, a like a junk uh, like a junkyard. Junk yeah. And get a car hood and put the car hoods out there because the thing about it is that where we're at, you know, it gets really really hot, right? Yeah. So you're gonna have to go, you know, early in the morning usually um, mm-hmm. in the evening. But these car hoods. They sit off the ground a little bit. They still provide a lot of shelter, and a lot of them have some uh, some uh, um, heat resistance okay. to them. So okay, yeah, so they don't get as hot as is a lot of the tin. So um, you know, it's I, I found more herps under car hoods than anything else. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Actually, I never thought about the whole heat resistance thing. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, I, I, I've done really good with, with tin too, especially up north, you know, when it's, you know, where it's a little bit cooler. Uh, we mm-hmm. had, you know, tin fields, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. And no one flip them. But uh, where it's pretty hot here down, especially, you know, we get closer to the summer months. It, it's really, really hot. Um, yeah, the, the car hoods seem to seem to do pretty good. Hold more, more snakes underneath there because they can be under the, underneath there longer. So. Yeah. Faux show, faux show. I have to keep that in consideration. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got like my, but there's plenty of tin that we haven't even, like that's just been stacked up sort of upright at my parents' house that I've been meaning to put out. And after seeing some of the guys on Instagram that are herping, you know, that are doing stacks and finding stuff, I'm like, maybe that's what the difference is, is we just need to put some stacks together in, in some other spots too. Um. And maybe see, and I even messaged one of them in particular. I think it's the the Lampro TX is his, is his Instagram. Uh, you know, I was like, how many? Like, what's the ideal number of sheets? Like, is it five? Is it three? Is it ten? You know, and he he said, you know, you could probably get away with with three. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a massive stack or anything like that. But it definitely seems like from what I've seen, <clears throat> and I mean, when you see these things on Instagram and stuff, it's kind of the highlight reel more than anything else. Um, you know, you're seeing the stuff they're finding on these stacks, but you don't see the other 10 stacks that they looked through and didn't see anything. Oh, so, yeah. No, for sure. I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot and see if it makes a difference. And then 
there's that lot next door to my parents that I want to put some stuff on that, that gets pretty overgrown, I think would be a good spot for, for mm-hmm. some too. So yeah, might, hey. might do that tomorrow. And, you know, I, th- I think with the, the tin stacking, uh, that's, that's a you know good thing to do. And I think it, it brings you to similar, um, similar type of a, uh, of a car, a car hood, you know, yeah. Uh, right. because it, layers. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You know what I would do? I, I would go ahead and, and do both and just yeah. kind of see. See mm-hmm. what you find more, but um, but like I said, I, I've always had, and we've we've done the tin stacking too, and we've we found more uh, in tin stacking than in single stack, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, car hoods seem to you know have that uh, insulation there mm-hmm. that uh, that helps. So yeah, and I, I mean, I think the like the only reason we found stuff under those single sheets is, is just because that happened to be where the snake just decided to stop and hang out for a bit. Cause I've, I found a copperhead and then black racers. And I think that's pretty much it yeah. except for yeah. maybe a, a tantilla or something. Yeah. We found, I don't remember that really small that one. I spotted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you also let go. Yeah, I did. I, you always <laughs> blame me for these things. You're spazzing out because you thought this six inch snake was going to bite you. Ah, you <laughs> drop it. Like you freaking loser. Jeez. Now, where are you guys putting tins at, too? Are you putting them in like transitional areas? Or are you putting them near, uh, you know, near wetlands? Or um, So, on my parents' property, they have five acres. Um, there is like a, an area, a low spot sort of back in the woods that has become, it was never really swampy, but over the years it's become severely like waterlogged and it's turned very, very, very swampy. So um, maybe putting some stuff sort of closer to that. Uh, And then there's a lot next door to theirs that a a guy in Tennessee owns um, that gets some like nice grasses and stuff growing that I want to put some on. And then, Everything else, it's kind of my parents have an old chicken coop that they now just sort of winterize their plants in. Um, and that's where a lot of the, the sheets are now is like on the backside of that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. There's still, like I said, a, probably seven or so sheets, um, like half sheets that that don't haven't even put, been put out yet. So I'm going to find a home for those. And yeah. there's some on the, on the lot across the there's like a power line across from that. I put there's two like small small sheets over there that never have anything so be interested to put some by the by the the mount rat more all the the old rat shavings and stuff that i have piled up in one area put some over by that and see if that yields anything yeah yeah well you know it's i don't i remember you know um you're talking about where where your wedding was at right yeah uh where the reception was at yep. <laughs> yeah okay so yeah i remember go um remember the area a little bit and uh yeah any type of a transitional area uh especially when you have grasses um and then wood uh, wood line um mm-hmm. you know somewhere where there's some disturbance uh has occurred uh you know tend to see a, a higher level of um I guess that would make sense. Days. That's why people put a lot of a lot of stacks and stuff on the edges of fields instead of like mm-hmm. in the fields themselves. Right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because you know you get a little bit more, um, 
you know, a, a cooler area, especially in the summertime with under the mm -hmm. tree cover, but you know, they can, they can go back and forth, uh, thermoregulate that way. And, and yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, uh, mice and rats and whatever that, you know, they're feeding on, um, tend to like the grasses and the seeds. Yeah. And they're like in the fields a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've really only, I need to list sort of all the species on the Island. I've, I've come across and seen at least once, because it's really not a long list, and so it'd be interesting to see if, if putting out these stacks, if I do see more of some of the stuff that I haven't seen as regularly, if that makes sense. So, like, black racers are all over the place. Yellow rats are all over the place. Um, a lot of corals. I don't really see those as much, though. Everyone else seems to. Um, okay, let, let us rephrase. You never see those. I have seen live <laughs> corals here. It's been, a, been about almost 20 years. Yeah. But. Yeah. They're real. Yeah. They do They're exist. Here. They do exist. Yeah. So maybe. Well, being, you know, a fossorial species, I mean, very cryptic. You know, it's, yeah. you're usually not going to see those that much. Yeah. Yeah. I right around the corner from my house last year, two dead on the road pancakes. <sighs> yeah. Like within a week of each other. And I'm like, who did, like, what higher power did I piss off? <laughs> I <don't understand. laughs> what did I do wrong? What did yeah. I do to deserve what this? What does it all mean? <laughs> yeah, jeez. I know. that. It's cool. It's cool when you see one of those. Yeah. 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 So I wanted the, I think, St. Augustine Alligator Farm. Katie's like, oh, there's your corals. Fuck you, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> been such a hard time. Like, I, I printed a shirt at work just to, it was a new kind of shirt that I hadn't printed on before, and I tried it out and put a coral snake on it she's like oh is that the coral you've been looking for nah, like, damn like, fucking really, really woman? Yeah. Yeah. yeah now you, you guys have you guys haven't ever tried keeping any corals have you no we had one at spring island when i worked at the nature center there but we also sort of stockpiled like rough green snakes and other stuff in the freezer and kept it alive that way and it seemed to do okay i actually saw it came out a pretty good bit like you saw it even if you were in the room, you know, it would still kind of just be hanging out, mm -hmm. but it was literally just a cage, like half filled with, with substrate. Well, yeah, that you, yeah, you have to do half, half filled with substrate. Yeah. And yeah. you put a little, you know, thaw out a, a baby corn or a great rough green and put it in there and you'd watch them kind of pop out and <laughs> go over to it and eat it and then disappear again. It was actually pretty neat. So. Yeah. Nice. <sighs> yeah. But, they're cool though. Yeah. We are at the, 215 mark uh if anybody wants to get in touch as far as like helping with slate or just to follow you in general where's the best yeah. place to do that so i you know i don't check facebook much anymore but on instagram i have two accounts uh jungle to see and tiki time tropicals and i'm pretty active on, on both of those awesome good deal man well, I'm glad we yeah. finally got you on. Like I said, we're going to have to make yeah. Steaks and Stogies episode happen. Just yeah. so you and Phil can can nerd about some venomous and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. can be a fly on that wall. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Use the code THN at checkout. And get 10% off your order. Um, we talk about them a lot, but we talk about them a lot because we genuinely love their products. Yep. We mm -hmm. talked about that Monday night, like objectively. If you took the Pepsi challenge on a black box cage versus something else, 
you would notice the difference. Yes, we were we were buyers before they were sponsors. So yes. that's we're not we don't just say this because there's a reason there are sponsors. You know, like we got the product and we, we don't loved have it. Sponsor us that we don't like. No, <laughs> or that we don't like we don't get behind their product. Yeah, like, no, I love black I box, man. I literally had to sit down today and figure out how I'm going to redo my room to fit more black box <laughs> enclosures. I haven't so. played that game yet. I've been putting it off. Oh, it's 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 happening idea, for me. It's not on paper. I think I I think I know what I'm going to do. It's definitely going to cost some money because i have to, i'm gonna be upgrading some carpets in the process mm-hmm. um but i'm excited i think i have i think i have a good idea i think it's gonna work grasp on things yeah yeah well we will be back monday for snakes and stogies episode 151 uh please check out the raffle plenty of stuff open still as far as slots go uh the herpeticulture network.com or actually it's just herpeticulture network.com um, should be right there on the homepage as you open it up. Check it out. If you have any questions, feel free to message me, message the page, um, get in touch with any of the guys. They'll point you in the right direction. Yep. And uh, shout out to Steve Snakeshuary as well. Yeah, of course. Venom We've also sauce. tried his hot sauce and it's great. That's right. So. And, and thank, everyone, thank everyone again for uh, supporting Slate. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. Yeah, We're glad glad there's something we can do. You know, I know it's minute on the grand scale of things, but it's um, you know, gotta gotta do something to help out. We'll the take homies, care of man. our own, man. That's right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. of course, man. Thank so, thank you, everybody. We will see you later.